0: Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. Thank you, Christian. Well, it's a a new day, and... uh, Walking through this is, uh, is where the church is going to come into its own, I believe. Hey, the faith is rising everywhere I look. And uh, we had a meeting on Wednesday night and, um, with all of the, 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 the key the elders, the committee of management, the department heads, and, and some of the key leaders of the church. And the hope in the room was amazing. The peace in the room was amazing and uh, we're just we're just so encouraged and inspired to be part of a family that um, that just leans into God and uh, you know in the in the last few weeks we 've been talking about uh, our intent around prayer and around our service and uh, they couldn 't be two more timely things to to have good intentions around and so so church be encouraged that uh, that having an anchor in prayer and having an anchor in service, all driven by an eternal motivation through the gospel, is just going gonna, gonna to be a valuable quantity in our world today. So I want to just, as we, we're going to move in today, we're going to just keep talking because we believe that you know, the vision that God's presented to us this year couldn't be more relevant. And we want to keep talking about, we want to talk about our intention around community. And who knows, the great disruption that we've had in the last few days, especially, has been in our community. It's been in our ability to gather. Here we are, gathering as a church in locations all over this, over this Noosa Shire. Community is the heartbeat of God. We saw it first in the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, you know, diverse, but one at the same time. And he's saying to us, you might be located in different places, but you're all part of this Noosa Church. You're all part of this community that, that loves God and loves each other. And we, we read that, that great command of Jesus and we read it in, in Luke ten twenty seven. it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Amazing words, aren't they? I don't know about you, but I'm, uh, I'm you know, people say oh, my love of history is, uh, is mind numbingly boring, but it's times like this that, that, that it comes to the surface, and I use it as inspiration. The Bible talks about us overcoming by first the blood of the Lamb, and then the word of our testimony. And guess what the word of our testimony is? It's our history. The biblical word for history is testimony. The Ark of the Covenant was also called the Ark of the Testimony, the Ark of the History of God's People. So it's time like these that I look back and I'm equipped. I look at the apostles and the, and the, early, the early church that was persecuted, the martyrs. I look at the organization of church where Rome took, took over and, 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 and gave it structure. And then you know we look at the fragmentation and then the remnants and the dark ages. So much happened. The rise of the Catholic and the Orthodox Church. And then, the, and then, the, the, then the, the Protestant church rising up as a movement to challenge the, 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 the organization of those other churches. We saw the evangelical, the Pentecostal rises. And now we see organizations taking on the Pentecostal church like us. I look back at the wisdom of Aquinas and Akempus and Augustine and Benedict and Gregory. I look at the bravery of Luther, the boldness of Finney, the Puritans, the steeliness of Calvin the selfishness of some and the servitude of others. This season reminds us that those who've gone before us and have had the strength or the fortitude to to face and confront great and difficult evils and to gain great and difficult goods. We lean into those stories, we lean into that history, we lean into those testimonies. And we gain wisdom and strength from, for today. So that through the blood of the Lamb and the great history of God's people, we too can overcome anything that's in front of us. And Hebrews 12 is so relevant for us today. We read, we read in Hebrews 11 about those faithful men and women of, of the history of God's people throughout Scripture. We read about those faith of, of, of all of those great stories of Abraham and Gideon and all those ones that, that, that had, had, an, had amazing stories that this current generation can lean into. We have the same throughout our own history, through, even throughout our own movement, those leaders who have gone before us. You know, we think of, of, of the Ramses who started this church and then the Hurrigans who took it over and then the Cliffs who took it over and then here we are. Here we are like this church back in the Hebrew day. It says at the start, it's, it says this, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. The key to that sentence, people struggle with that. Here's the key to that sentence. The key is put time aside for a moment. Put time aside and when we're in eternity and we look back, we are, we, we are, we are surrounded by people of a similar story who've walked through similar challenges, who've lent on on the stories from their past and have used the strength of those who have gone before them to confront the great and difficult challenges that are in front of them. So since we're surrounded by such a greater cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every weight. You know what one of the biggest... Weights that we have around us is it's time, it's just trying to get it all done. You know, we discovered this week on Wednesday that we were no longer having church service this Sunday live, so time has been a burden. We've had to learn how to do internet church within two days, <laughs> yet here we are. And we, we thank you for your we thank you for, uh, encouraging us in our clunky first online church. Let's lay aside every weight greatest weights that we see are driven by time and driven by trying to get somewhere before someone else gets there trying to buy something before before everyone else gets it and the sin that so easily ensnares us let us run with endurance the race that is set before us isn't it interesting the race that is set before us and when modern races they're all timed but when this was written let me tell you something Races weren't timed. We live in a comparative world that's driven by time. So when you get to the Olympics now and you're running the 100 metres, when, when anyone now from any time history going forward now runs the 100 metre sprint, they can win the race by 10 metres, but they'll still be compared with Usain Bolt's world record from four years before. When we talk about running the race, we need to be inspired by those who have gone before us, but not in comparison with those who have gone before us. The race that we have is for today. The race that we, that we are living is to do our best, is to become equipped, it's to lay aside those things that, what, that slow us down. But not so we can beat yesterday, so that we can run the race that God has set before us. Our job is not to run the race of the Olympics four years ago, our job is to run the race of today. And the race of today needs to be inspired by those who have gone before us. Not in comparison with those who have gone before us. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Wow. Verse 3, for consider him, Jesus. Jesus. Who endured such hostility from sinners against himself? Lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You know we, we we face a time where we're enduring the hostility of a virus. We're enduring the hostility of of the fear of society. We're enduring. It's it, it's there's not necessarily a personal agenda against you. There is a there is a there there is just a battle that we're all facing. You know, the writer then goes on to the Hebrews, compares it to a chastening or a discipline. Sometimes we see the challenge before us and we see it as something we need to defeat. And sometimes it's something that we need to learn from. Sometimes we need to see it as a shaking. There's a shaking in our lives when our, when our hearts and our attitudes are confronted There's a shaking that happens within us. And we know at the end of this chapter, it goes on to say, let that which cannot be shaken remain. Verse 11 says, now no chastening seems to be joyful in the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Let us not get so caught in defeating the challenge that's before us and not learning from those things that cannot be shaken and having them as the anchors in our lives. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness, springing up, up cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. Let me say this to you, church. This season of life demands a clarity of intent. A clarity of intent for those who love God. Because otherwise we get caught in the rhetoric of the world. And the rhetoric of the world, if your love and your intent is not in the direction of God, will define your peace and it will define your hope. And right now, the church is being called by God to rise up and to make sure that their first love is in the direction of him. And as we do that, our hope and our peace will be defined by him. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. How? By making straight paths. Not avoiding. A lot of times we spend life avoiding things right now. We don't need to avoid things. We need to make a straight path towards those things that will remain. And this begins and ends predominantly with our conversation and with our conduct. I want you to consider five things this morning in your conversation and in your conduct this season. When it comes to the community of the the church and beyond, let's consider these things. The first thing is gratitude. What are you grateful for? What things are you grateful for in life? Consider them well. And consider whether they have an eternal aspect or an earthly aspect. I'm grateful for many things that are eternal and many things that are earthly. So we speak... And live to bring enrichment and affirmation to others without expectation. True gratitude has no expectation. True gratitude is, is a gift that only comes in a healthy community. The thing that we get caught in though when it comes to gratitude is we have such a high expectation of ourselves, we can't be thankful. We get caught being unthankful because things are never good enough because we have such a high expectation. When we go to a restaurant and the meal's not the perfect temperature or our our coffee's not the right temperature or it's not the right grind or whatever, you know, with these things we become ungrateful because we have such a high expectation. We need to change the way that we look at each other, don't we? We need to look into the hearts of those around us. Instead of seeking what that person can provide you, we need to seek to discover the face of Jesus in their lives. Rather than just simply giving them hollow platitudes. You know, the good Christian person smiles and is nice to everyone. But the person who truly loves God with their first love looks beyond the platitudes, looks beyond the moment and looks for the heart of Jesus and the love of God in that person. We don't just give, we don't just give a, a, a broad... A broad stroke's gratitude and love to people, we give a, an accurate, penetrating love that means something to the heart of the person. So why don't we, church, look at attitudes that are outstanding and celebrate them and affirm them with our gratitude? Let's not look at performances. Let's not look at, at people's gift, these gifts. You know, let's, let's give God the glory for someone's gift. But let's celebrate an attitude that is a blessing to a community. Second one, generosity. Sharing my talents and my resources intentionally. You know, we have a a world striving for wealth. And right now, we're seeing that wealth, you know, decline like we've never seen it before in this generation. Let me give you a definition of wealth in the kingdom of God. Wealth in the kingdom of God is not that I have abundance Wealth in the kingdom of God is when no one around me is in lack. Let's consider a different type of generosity. Let's not have a a year's worth of food stocked in our cupboard when our next door neighbor cannot find something on the shelf. Let's remember the true kingdom version of wealth, which is that no one around me has lack. Let's roll on. Let's roll on to truth-telling. Telling the truth is one of the most difficult times, things to do in these times. Because we want to appear strong, but sometimes we're broken. Sometimes we we manage our image more than we tell the truth. Church, let's give less energy to image management and open our lives to those around us. Starting with yourself. Starting with being truthful to yourself. You know, my prayer is that I would be less concerned with what you think of me and more ready to hear the voice of God in community. See, when we gather in community, wherever you're gathered today, you're in community, hopefully. And in community, we're refined. Because in community, if we stick with it long enough, our true self becomes the public understanding of us. You know, one of the greatest burdens that we have is image management. I don't know about you, but trying to maintain an image is the most tiresome thing you can do in life. But once the truth is out there, you can just breathe a sigh of relief and then get better. My prayer is that I'll be more honest about my thoughts and my feelings and ready to forgive and to seek forgiveness. to be more more willing to admit my shortcomings and my failures and less willing to rationalise them. Let me tell you this statement. The enemy of truth is not the lie. The enemy of truth is self-justification. It's making a decision that you know is wrong and then using your creative and imagination to justify that decision outside of truth. That is a dangerous thing to do. Number four, loyalty. Church, we need to seek to remain loyal and true to the promises that we've made. Not just in action, but in heart and in attitude. Loyalty includes my marriage vows, my family, my obligation towards the church community, to the vocation which God's called us, called me to, to, to live in and to serve in to the laws of the land as a citizen of the world. And my prayer is that especially in the little things that I, that we would remain loyal even when it hurts. Church, let's confront loyalty issues in our own heart early. Let's confront them early. And let's make them known. Let's confront them in those around us so that we can deal with them early. Because the earlier we confront them, they go from being loyalty issues to rebellion problems. I don't know about you, but I've walked through disloyalty personally and I've walked into rebellion. I've done it as a a youth, I've done it as an adult. And the way that I've done it well is I've self-justified it along the way. And my rebellion has been justified by the story that I've told around it. I want my intentions in community to revolve around loyalty first to God, first to his call, first to, and, and then to an imitation of Christ to lay down my life so that others can be free. This is the deep challenge of the church, to be loyal in all those things, all the way down to those, to those words that I use each and every day. Last one, number five, hospitality. This is the hard one. Welcoming the stranger and receiving them as Christ. And I say this regularly to our leadership team. Sometimes we we don't come to church for community. We come to church to find those people that we we have something in common with and take them away and have community in our homes. It's a time and that time's right now that God's calling us into true community, which is to receive everyone as Christ. And to invite them into your heart and into your life. One of the challenges that I give myself is to give a reasonable amount of attention to the person who's in front of me. Sometimes the person who's speaking to you, you are in complete disagreement with. And you have a problem with everything that they're saying. It's offensive, it's wrong, it's it's completely out of line but they're pleading their case with you and they're, they're, they're trying to sell you on their ideas. One of the battles that, that I have put in front of myself, which requires the spiritual gift of fortitude, is to stand and to listen and to help people discover truth and not tell them that they're wrong. The goal is not to tell people the truth. The goal is to walk alongside people until they discover the truth. But we cannot do that if we choose our community and isolate from the broader group. Hebrews twelve twenty six continues. It says, God has promised, saying, yet once more, I shake not only the earth but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken. As of the things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. To hear that, church? We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So let's make sure that we anchor our intents in the unshakable. Let's make sure we anchor our intent in the unshakable. Remember this, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbour as yourself. These key words there are love and all. In the book of Revelation, the the letter to the church of Ephesus talks about they have given away their first love. I want to suggest to you this morning that life is disrupted most powerfully when our first love is given to things that can be shaken. Our first love is given to things that can be shaken. doesn't mean we can't love things that can be shaken, but our first love belongs to God. When the Bible says all of your love, all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength, all of your creativity, all of your hope, it's talking about your first, your anchor, your foundation. And the things that are built upon that can be beautiful and can be entertaining and can be exciting. But the foundation, the all, is your first love. So I leave you with this challenge for the week. Consider this. What does all or first mean to you? What does the first of your heart mean? Have a think about that this week. What does the first of your soul, the first of your strength, the first of your mind look like? Consider the challenge that was given to to the church of Ephesus. It says you have given away your first love. We're being shaken right now, church. But don't worry because we've been given a kingdom that cannot be shaken, that cannot be removed. What cannot be shaken in your love? What are those things in your life that you can anchor to right now? Jesus says, My house shall be a house of prayer. You know, we, we've been called to worship, we've been called to, to live and breathe, you know, and be sustained by His word. We pray for one another. The Bible says, pray with all kinds of prayer. So, this morning, as I leave you with that, let me pray for you and let me pray for our nation and our world. Let's join together. Why don't you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, we're in awe of your grace. We're so thankful. That we are outside of time. Our faith is outside of time. Our faith is outside of our next meal. Our faith is outside of the shaking of earth. We thank you that you have given us a sound mind according to eternal values. Not a spirit of fear according to earthly values. We worship you in this moment, Father. We worship you. And we re-anchor our first love to you, Lord. Lord, may you be our foundation. May your goodness be our foundation. May what you have given us be the foundation that we live off so that our second love may be shaken but cannot redefine us. We thank you, Father, that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. Only you can define us and only you can end us. So our hope is secure in you. And we say, let your will be done. In the mighty name of your son, Jesus. Right now, Lord, we lift up our nation. We lift up our prime minister, Lord. We lift up, we thank you that you have positioned a faithful man as father of our nation right now. And we ask that you would strengthen his resolve in his faith. That you would fill him with wisdom and revelation that can only come from you. Lord, we ask that, yeah, that, 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 that your anointing, that the unity will flow down over the head. And bless this nation, Lord. May we be that great Southland of the Holy Spirit that was prophesied so many years ago. May we be a place of hope for the rest of humanity. Lord, for this church, we ask, Lord, and we give you permission today to use us. Lord, use us to be a blessing to those in this community. Lord, we're humbled by what we see each day right now. We're humbled by it. You know, the flesh parts of us can step into fear and out of fear and and into grace and hope and out of that, Lord. And we just ask right now, Father, that you anchor us in your hope, that our strength would remain in you alone and that you would speak through us in our conversation and you would speak through us in our conduct. And we ask, Father, that you refine us right now. And those things that cannot be shaken would remain in the mighty name of your son, Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Have a great week, church. Why don't we have some worship? We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information resource, or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.